It's small stakes practice for high stakes results. Negotiation, uh, Jim Camp wrote a book in 2002 called Start With No. And he used to say negotiation is a human performance event. He compared it to a sporting event. How do athletes get better? I mean, you know, they practice each day. They do the little things in practice. You can start doing the negotiation skills, the labels, the questions with everybody you interact with, with the Starbucks employee, with a person behind a counter at the grocery store, at the drugstore. Like we encourage people to use labels and mirrors and communication tools to understand the other side, make people feel heard every single day in little ways. Because you're in a big negotiation, you're not going to use something you haven't been practicing. You don't want to practice in a big negotiation. So we say everything in life is a negotiation, potential collaboration. Use the skills every day. So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegi, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I've fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used Line Desk. I've used Conversion. And I think Follow-Up Boss gives you the most integrations mm-hmm. that are simple. And it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform. Yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like Follow Up Boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list based, that's fine. If I want to go task based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective. Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. 
Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui. Hey, you guys are in for a treat today. You know, I think I was probably talking about this book last year when I first read it. It wasn't a real estate book. I didn't see it as a real estate book. Um, but now there is a real estate version of the book. Um, so I have Chris Voss on here today. Chris Voss is the author of a book called Never Split the Difference. And the concepts were really life-changing for me and a bunch of the guys that are in my my different masterminds. And we've talked about it like crazy about how it applies in our business. And then uh, a month ago, I got to interview Steve Scholl, which was the co-author um, with Chris on the book, The Full Fee Agent. And so many of you listeners reached out and were so excited about those concepts in here. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to Chris today. Chris, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. I'm happy to be on with you. Thanks. And I got to follow up Steve Show. I mean, you know, it's like going after Robin Williams and trying to be funny, right? Steve? Yeah, trying to be guy. funny after the fact. The uh, him, him, and I had some fun on that interview, and um, and I, I was learning a ton. I was take, I was taking notes as I was interviewing. So, how long ago did you did you actually like leave your business, your your day job, and start writing your book? Well, the two separate events, leaving, leaving my day job, you know, I was an FBI agent and I, I, uh, I, you know, what's the definition of retirement? I technically took a pension from the federal government, uh, two days after I was eligible. Yeah. That was back in 2007 and started teaching and coaching negotiation for business, uh, right away. Mm-hmm. And then the book, uh, Never Split the Difference, came out in 2016. You know, we took our time. My son, Brandon, and I, I wrote that book together along with Tall Roz. Uh, Brandon is uncredited co-author. Um, that's what dads do to you, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we wanted to make sure we had a good system in den for negotiating under any circumstances. And so we taught at business schools for a while and test drove it and had our students test drive it in real life. Everything from Wall Street negotiations to negotiations between a husband and a wife over a Christmas tree. Because it's human interaction, you know, long-term productive human interaction, not where both sides lose. You know, I've always hated, hated that phrase, a good negotiation is when both sides feel like they've lost it a little or both sides are upset. You know, that, ain't, that is not the formula for long-term relationship or repeat business no matter what you're doing for a living. If everybody's unhappy when they deal with you, how could that possibly be good for you long term? And uh, we don't—we never taught that at all. And enough students and the business school students were racking up successes. We put the book out in 2016. Yeah. So the yeah. So going from being a, an FBI agent, you know, a, a negotiator, a hostage negotiator, negotiator. Did you know right away that like, hey, like I'm going to be able to change some business lives too? That like the stuff that you've learned because you had like you learned that process. You came up with those concepts. Did you know right away, like, I'm going to change a lot of lives with this stuff. I'm going to start nah. teaching in business. Nah, you know, you hope for it. You hope the concepts apply. You start doing it yourself. You know, you want to find out if something works. Try it yourself. Walk the talk yourself. Yeah. And then learn and refine. And the, the real big triggering mo- moment for me really was when I went through, I went through Harvard Law School's negotiation course while I was still an FBI agent. I wasn't a student at Harvard. I negotiated my way into the course. And, you know, they, they love the idea of a collaboration with the FBI. And they said, look, you got to, you can't go through the course as an observer. You got to be a full fledged student participant. All the rules that apply to the other students can apply to you. And I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm game for that. And mm-hmm. after I've been there, 
You know, they said, you're doing the same thing we are. And the validation from Harvard really was the external validation to let me know that it applied to business and personal life. So that, that didn't happen till 2004. Yeah. That's pretty brilliant. They said, Hey, you can come just, but you have to be a real student in the class. Like you got to be all in. Yeah. You guys kind of help each other. See, see if the right stuff's getting taught. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was great. It was very generous of them to let me in and I learned a ton from it. You know, when people, when I tell people about uh, your first book, Never Split the Difference, I, I explain it and say, look, the author was an FBI negotiator and he was doing hostage negotiations and you could never say, hey, I'll take half the hostage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? You right? could never, it, you know, it's part of your book. And it, and it really summarized it in like a nutshell of the author. Like, no, never split the difference is being able to like win every negotiation because you can't get half the hostage. You need the whole hostage back. When Chris was going into negotiations, he had one goal and there wasn't really a meet in the middle scenario. How would you describe it better than that? Or what would you what would you change or add on to that quick? No, that's that's pretty good. I mean, meeting in the middle is you know it's a it's a recipe for both sides losing something. Mm-hmm. And the real problem is that no, you don't lose evenly. Like uh, a Nobel Prize winning behavioral economics theory from two thousand two, from Daniel Kahneman, prospect theory, effectively says lost things twice as much as an equivalent gain. Now, this is for humans. This isn't for Americans or Caucasians or English speakers. This is for human beings. So how does that play out in this whole compromise idea or meeting in the middle? You're never going to feel like it was an even trade because if lost things twice as much as an equivalent gain, let's say you give in a dollar, it feels like two dollars. Mm-hmm. And so to get even with the other side, you got to take $2 out of their hide. And now they've lost $2. Now for them to feel even, they got to get you for four. And this is a recipe for a downward spiral. So it's, it's human, human nature. Just compromise makes us angry, makes us feel cheated, makes us feel like, you know, the, the F-bomb in negotiation. They, we feel it wasn't fair. Yeah. And just understanding the emotional dynamics that drive how we evaluate, then as soon as we start applying it in real life, then we're out of this whole compromised mindset and people are making deals they never thought would be possible. Yeah. So the, but some people would say like, if you're going to, um, if you're going to win every argument, right? If you're going to come out getting exactly, if you're going to go into this negotiation going, this is what I need and I need it a hundred percent. Right, and if you always get that, isn't that going to ruin? Like, how does that not ruin the long-term relationship? Right? Because he said, no. If we meet in the middle, it's going to ruin our chances of doing business in the long term. But if you get everything you wanted, so so help help people understand that. Yeah, that's a great question. <clears throat> and the first thing that we do in order to reframe people's thinking, you know, give you a different mindset, give you a different religion, yeah. if you will. Um, you know, we take the word argument out entirely. If it's about an argument, then you're already in a recipe for a disaster, zero-sum game, both sides lose. Now, we got one of our one of our clients that we put through a special, you know, we don't call it a mastermind, but we put our, our top-performing, big-time entrepreneurial CEOs in a special group, so they were with their peers. And I interviewed one of them after it was over, and he said, I made so much more money being collaborative than I ever made being cutthroat 
And he taught his people how to do this. And he taught his people to get on the phone and stop talking about price and start talking about delivery and terms and give the other side the opportunity to throw a change in terms of you that's actually more profitable for you. Now, they suggested it so it works for them. And this is when you start to get into areas where both of you can make more money if you just collaborate. Now, that's kind of the Harvard definition of better negotiation. But they, you know, they want to approach it in an, an academic way, and they didn't have the emotional tools, emotional intelligence tools, that hostage negotiators had to navigate emotions. So what we do is we get people out of the cultural competitive mindset into collaboration, if and only if that makes more money for you. Like ideally, you love being collaborative because you have long-term relationships and you sleep better at night, and people like you more. But that needs to be the secondary benefit. The primary benefit, your responsibility is to make more money for yourself and your company, to give your kids a better future, to put your kids in a better, in a bigger house, to provide more for your family. And so making that transition to collaboration, unless you, unless you find a way to understand it's actually more profitable, is a very tough transition. Yeah. You know, in real estate, we have, it's like, you know, there's like contractors, you know, what most agents also deal with is, is remodeling contractors and, you know, construction and things like that. And I could see collaboration probably working. It's, it's very common to say, how much is this going to cost? Right. And then say, can you do it for less? Is, is like, it's, it's always like you ask the contractor, how much is this remodel going to cost? And then you go, you okay, well, less? can you do it for less? Right. Right. And then you, and then you go, well, if, okay, if you can't, I'm going to call somebody else. They so call like eight people and you try to figure out who can do it for less. And the, and that is, um, some people would say good business. Some people would say cutthroat the, but it's not collaboration. And so could you think of how the, how that, those conversations could be collaborative? You know, when somebody's reaching out and going, Hey, I need to figure out how to hire a contractor. When you're, when you're saying like, let's make it their idea. What's a way that someone could practice that? Well, contractors, yeah, it's a great, that's a great question. And contractors are tough business. Which has to do a lot more with price. It has a lot to, more to do. What's their back office look like? Like I cut a deal with a contractor once where they wanted a certain amount down to buy materials. Mm -hmm. And I said, look, uh, give me a list of the materials. I'll go buy them. Let me take this off of your back office's task list because your back, every contractor's back office is support staff. I mean, these people are scrambling. They're having trouble getting stuff done. I mean, that's a cost for the contractor, the cost of implementation. What are the costs of implementation that we can change that actually cost you less, but that I may be able to shoulder? And I went out, I got a list of the materials. We went out, we bought all the materials, we got them on site. Contractor got out there, did the job immediately, and we paid him the profit. And it, would, it was one of the quickest and smoothest jobs a contractor ever did. And it helped him balance out, you know, he's got cash flow issues. How do I get the cash into your hands? How do we make it easy for you to implement? I mean, there's all sorts of things that are involved in implementation other than price. Yeah. And you get into a conversation where how can we tailor the terms to make this more profitable for you? Well, then I got a better set of terms and you made more money. Now you have to be able to get in there and explore the issue with the other side 
And, you know, we can tell you it's more profitable, but then also what happens then once you get started in that, your deal velocity with people gets, gets much quicker. Like I did an interview with Mark Cuban probably about a year and a half ago, and he spends a lot of time ironing things out and methods of doing business, a lot of time on the first deal. Mm-hmm. So once they know what works best for the other side, then everything after that accelerates. Oh, you, you actually show up on time? Well, I need to get my act together on time so I can match what you're going to do. There's so much that affects profitability. Price is only one aspect. And in many cases, you can increase the other side's profitability and make it a better deal for you simultaneously. Real estate rock stars, this is Aaron Mujasegi with a quick commercial break from our newest sponsor. Now listen to this. Are you looking to take your real estate business to the next level? Introducing the copy and paste formula to implement and monetize your VIP club. This is the only course that provides a step-by-step roadmap to turn your clients into lifetime referral partners while creating an additional revenue stream and attracting and retaining agents all in one. This comprehensive program teaches you the tools and techniques you need to add value propositions, monetize your VIP club, manage and operate your VIP club with ease, and brand yourself as the mayor of your market. With detailed checklists, processes, and systems for every department of your operations, you'll have everything you need to successfully implement and monetize your VIP club. You'll learn how to easily monetize your VIP club, attract and retain agents, host highly converting client events, add unique value propositions to your business, monetize your lifetime home support model, create additional revenue streams. The lifetime value of a client is priceless, and this course will show you how to retain your clients for life and turn them into referral machines. You'll learn how to add transaction fees and lay the groundwork for an additional six-figure revenue stream, all while growing your market share. With all-inclusive marketing templates, scripts, and checklists, you'll be able to implement and monetize your VIP club with ease. Don't miss this opportunity to take your real estate business to the next level. Sign up for the copy and paste formula to implement and monetize your VIP club today. Go to www.startyourvipclub.com. Until March 15th, you've got this special code. Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you'll save $200 with the promo code RERSVIP. Again, go to startyourvipclub.com for March 15th. Use the code RERSVIP to save $200. And if you want to learn more about this program, go back and listen to episode 1119 where Amy Stockberger tells me all about it. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Yeah. You know, and that the win-win is that thing that, that it's like the people say often, right? But then other times say, well, that doesn't really exist, but that's when it can lead to something where both, I like that, where both people are happy um, and they get what they want. So I could see that happening. I mean, it makes sense too with, with, with the Mark Cuban scenario of, hey, be very collaborative at the beginning because once you figure out how it works, then then it's like clockwork. Then you don't have to re-ask questions. Then you don't have to renegotiate every time. And so, so it's worth taking the extra time at the beginning to like, to, to get collaborative, to figure out the terms, to figure out the deals, because then the next time you call them, it's just saying like, Hey, let's do it again. And let's go do this thing again. Or, or maybe the question doesn't come up. I could also see that happening. It sounds like too, if I'm, if I'm calling a contractor and the, and they're, and if they say, Hey, I want you to put 50% down right away. That it's that probably a great way to go with that conversation is just start to ask them why, right? Like, so why do you need that fifty percent down? Because I'm not okay with that fifty percent down. So why do you like why do you need that? Because maybe there's something maybe there's a, something in there that I could fix a different way that I'm comfortable with. Like your series is that 
does that make sense? Is that a good idea? Is, or would you do that a different way? Well, uh, so the, what you're trying to do is exactly what you need to be doing. Now, unfortunately, what you're trying to do is often uh, you create friction and problems by how you do it. Now, what the heck am I talking about? Yeah. The word why. Like there's so much bad advice out there. It says find out their why. Okay. Let me ask why. The problem is, and I learned this as a hostage negotiator, why universally makes people feel defensive. Like if I were to say to you right now, why did you wear that shirt? You got yeah. an instantaneous defensive reaction. Uh, what's yeah. wrong with this shirt? Like, I like this shirt. Why don't you like my shirt? Because every human being globally has been conditioned when you were two years old and you broke something, the nearest giant that? next to you, which is an adult, pointed their finger at you and said, why did you do that? In every culture on earth. So uh, we found out one of the things I learned in hostage negotiation, like why always makes people feel accused, which it possibly leads to anger and being upset. And it's friction. Now, how do you do it better? If I just say to you, instead of why did you wear that shirt? I said, what made you wear that shirt? You felt that land differently. Yeah. It felt less accusatory. That's one of our skills. We refer to that as a calibrated question. Calibrated questions need to start with very specific words because the way it lands emotionally. And generally speaking, what lands well because people love to be told to tell other people what to do. So what, yeah. what tends to land deferentially? Now I could pick a third way depending upon my read of you in a moment. And I'd say, seems like you got a good reason for wearing that shirt. Now you're laying that out immediately with the contractor. Now, why do you need 50% down? The black swan method way in that instance would be like, seems like you got a good reason for needing 50% down. That yeah. contractor is going to lay out their good reasons for part of that money. And the crazy thing is for what they, what they don't have good reasons for seems like, which is what we refer to as a label. Again, it's this stealth emotional intelligence weapon. It hits your brain in a very different way. When you have a good reason for it, you can't wait to tell me. And the crazy thing is, if you don't have a good reason for it, you say like, well, actually, and you'll be very honest with me and you'll lay it out. I had one in DC, one of our students at Georgetown, MBA part-time student. He worked for a contractor during the day. They had a subcontractor that was not performing and it was screwing a whole project up. So he sits down with the subcontractor and says, seems like you got a good reason for not doing the work on time. And the subcontractor wow. looked down and said, nah, we don't. Now, I don't know why. Seems like you got a good reason for that. He just brained differently and pulled the honesty out of him. I don't got to know why. I'm a layman. I know what works. And we've seen stuff like that work time and time again. And when the subcontractor who wasn't performing said, nah, we really don't. He didn't feel accused, backed into a corner, called out. It put him in a collaborative mode, and they worked it out, and they fixed the problem. It is such, it's such fascinating stuff, really. Like, cause that conversation is like, so why can't you get this done on time is a very defensive. 
what's making you get this done on time, like a little bit better or there's yeah. a way, but yep. then it seems like you've got a great reason. It gives them every ability that if they do have a great reason, like they're in the power position and so they're getting to feel heard. But then when they don't, I could see them actually, I could actually see that going. Seems like you've got a good reason for that 50% deposit. And they might even just reply back of like, well, we could do 20% instead. Like I could see them start negotiating against themselves just from that question that wasn't even adversarial. Yeah, exactly. As soon as you remove yourself as a threat, as soon as you stop being the adversary, and that's one of the great things about labels, then it changes the conversation. And they feel, you know, human beings are actually hardwired to collaborate. How, how, what makes me say that? Tal Raz, a co-author of Never Spit the Difference, the writer, said, you know what? What, what, what of our ancestors, our prehistoric ancestors, the only ones that survived were the ones that collaborated. The ones that didn't collaborate died alone in the dark in a cave with nobody around them. And they don't have any descendants. The collaborative humans survived. And so we have a hard wire into us to collaborate. We just need to know that the person we're talking to wants to collaborate with us. So the so saying the word why is horrible. Right. Unfortunately, it is. Yeah. So, the are there any other words that are like big no nos? Well, the, the other thing that is really counterintuitive to most people is we get out. We're out of the yes business entirely. Now, there's something out there called the yes momentum and momentum selling, and I'm willing to concede that maybe there was a point in time that this was effective, but everybody's been bamboozled over somebody getting them into this, yes, I want more money, yes, I'd like to have a better deal, yes, I'd like to get this done sooner, so yes, I'll put the 50% down, yeah. you know, some nonsense. Everybody's been bamboozled by the yes momentum because the hustlers use it to get us into bad deals. Uh, you know, I, I, the timeshare industry is somewhat infamous for people saying, what did I agree to? I thought I was buying this five-star vacation home that I could get access to at any time. And I had no idea. Not only can I not get into it when I want to, I got a, I got a bill payment on this as big as my mortgage. Yeah. You know, these were the yes momentum folks. Yeah. So how, how do you, how do you get away from that? I mean, get out of yes entirely. Like labeling is designed to give freedom of response is to get out of the yes business. And it, a lot of people inadvertently stick to this yes momentum stuff because maybe they weren't making any sales or making any deals at all. Their batting average was zero. And they started the yes momentum and they got a batting average of one in 10. Now I'm making deals. And I was making no deals before. I was making no agreements. And now I got a 10% hit rate. Problem is, if, and you stick to that. But the problem is the yes momentum, you'll never get above 10%. And if you get out of the if you get out of the yes business, you find your deal making velocity expands to anywhere from thirty to eighty percent, and it just works so much better. But you don't know it'll work better because you started at zero and you climbed out of the mud using yes, and you don't know that yes is holding you back. Yeah, the. Uh and everybody has seen that sort of the sales mentality of like, and even goes like, yes, you like that. Yes. Is there, you know, so the, so if I could do that for you, if I could provide that for you, would you say yes? You know, the, 
when we're on the offense and we're trying to go negotiate, start that negotiation, the seems like really works, right? Seems like you've got a reason for that when you're starting that. You know, another part I remember from your book is kind of when we're on the defense and somebody's coming into a negotiation at us and the simple response of, how do you expect me to do that? Right. Or something along those lines. Right. Like just going like the, okay, but how do you expect me to do that? Yes, I have bills too, though. So how do you expect me to do that? Right. The, would you elaborate on that or expand on that? Or, or like, is that still a, a good method? Right. Cause there's you know, certain things that, that stuck out for me uh, back then. I wonder if it sticks out to a lot of people. Yeah, it's a, it's it's an opening story and never split the difference, right? How am I supposed yeah. to do that with uh, with uh, Bob Manukin, who is the yeah. head of Harvard? We originally started using how am I supposed to do that from kidnapping negotiations with the most aggressive negotiators on earth. I mean, the most aggressive, most cutthroat, most price conscious. You know, these guys are about getting the most money out of you in that ransom. These are price attacking negotiators. And I originally thought of it as the first way to say no. Because when you say, how am I supposed to do that? You're telegraphing to the other side that there's a no lurking here, but you haven't come out and said it. Right. You, know, you haven't offended him yet. What's that? You haven't offended him yet. You're you like, it's like lurking. Yet. Yeah. Exactly. It's a way to gently start putting the brakes on a situation. And um, in using it, my son Brandon said, you know, this is forced empathy. This is a way to make the other side take a look at your position. Make them. Now, so the issue is not necessarily how they respond, but the issue is you stop them in their tracks and you make them take a look at your position. Now, as the Black Swan method has evolved, and we say yes is nothing without how, and how's about implementation, when you say how am I supposed to do that, you're telling the other side you got implementation problems here. Like, uh, you know, I don't have the budget, I, but you're not making any excuses. You're not making any pitches. You're, you're put, planting a seed in their head that implementation may be a problem here. And it's a great test to see if the other side cares about your problems or your implementation. Their response to that is going to tell you right away who you're dealing with, no matter what they say, because they're going to give you a very honest response to how am I supposed to do that? And a lot of people have gotten a long way just with that alone. So, so it does a couple of things. It tells them that a no is lurking without offending anybody. Right. Plus it really helps you get to see who you're working with. Yeah. Because if their exactly. response is like, go kill 15 people and come back, you know, if, if their response is super, then, you know, if they're thinking about it, they're empathizing with you, you know, this person's going to be reasonable and we're going to get to something. Or if they come back with like this super extreme response, uh, I could see now you know who you're who you're working with. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. So, how did you get uh, get in touch with Steve Scholl, or how did Steve get in touch with you? Where you know, because never spoke the difference out a while ago. It's been it's been a, a big success, and and you've been on lots of podcasts and talking to people. Like I said, um, what made you want to do this book with Steve? Yeah, Steve is a great guy. Steve's about learning. You know, and he's a classic um, person that you want to learn with, you want to learn from. He, he understands that you got to be both a mercenary and a missionary. What's a mercenary? That's just somebody that just cares about what works. What's a missionary? 
somebody who cares about the effect it has on people. Hmm. So Steve found never split the difference on his own because the guy's always reading. He's always learning. He's, he's relentless on trying to get better. And he found never split the difference and it blew him away. And he immediately, he reached out to us. He, he spoke to my son, Brandon first. And Brandon contacted me, he said, we got to do business with this guy, Steve Shaw. I want you to talk to him. He's a good guy. He's all kind of people. You know, we share the same core values. Talk to him. And I got in touch with Steve and he laid out for me what was going on and how he wanted to collaborate. Ridiculously easy guy to collaborate. Cares very deeply about people and their successes. Wanted all the coaching clients that he had to get better at real estate. And one was not so wedded to his old methodology, which was, you know, the find and grind, the really extremely hardworking, low percentage success because he'd had a, a tremendous amount of su success himself doing that. And when he saw that this was better, he's like, we got to teach these people how to do this. They don't have to kill themselves anymore. And so we started to collaborate, very easy guy to work with. And we started finding real estate agents that want to get better, wanted to have an easier life and didn't want to be miserable all the time. Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui. Thank you for letting me interrupt for a second. I've got something really, really important to talk about. You know how last year we kept talking about that mastermind. What is the mastermind? What are we talking about with that mastermind? Last May, there's like 60 or 70 people of you listeners that had never met, flew out to Austin, Texas. We all hung out at this awesome event center and we spent a couple days with some great guest speakers talking about skills and strategies to succeed in real estate. And then we had these mastermind tables where everyone rotated, everyone got to meet everybody, everyone got to provide value. Some of the agents there had only done one or two deals ever. Some of the agents there had done hundreds of deals and they all got to interact and help each other build their business and build their strategies. And I've heard so many stories of friendships that came from that, of referrals that have come from that. There were six or seven people at that one that heard me talk about doing an Ironman and we all did an Ironman together in, in North Carolina last month and we had never even met before the podcast live. So the it was, it's, it's been such, such a cool experience. The I would love it for you guys to come. Today's March 6th through 8th. It's sign ups right now. Go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind. We also have a room block set up. It's three days, downtown Austin. Great, really cool hotel, really cool uh, convention center that we're going to be hosting it. And we're going to get a chance to, I can't wait to meet you guys. I can't wait for you to meet other listeners. I can't wait for you to develop these new interactions. And really what we're teaching, yeah, last year it was like, how do you make a business better? But the market was just starting to turn. And I was trying to give some people some advice of what to do when it, when it was happening. Now it has turned. And this time we're going to be talking so much about how to pivot and what to do next. So uh, again, I hope you signed up for the mastermind. Sorry for such the long advertisement, but I can't wait to meet you. Ibendigital.com forward slash mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the idea of being able to to take those concepts and I mean as he described it it's like he read your book and, and immediately was like how 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 much this can apply um, to real estate stuff right and real estate people and you know commissions was the things we talked about 
the most. So have you guys started to, so, so you talked about having coaching clients, right? right? Like client, is that through full fee agent? Is that through never, uh, black spot? Like you're never split the different stuff. Like who comes to you as a client? Is it a is high level CEOs? Like, like how do people work with you? Well, on a, on a real estate aspect, I mean, there's a, there's a monthly coaching call, uh, the black swan does with, with Steve Shaw. And then Steve does an awful lot of follow-up work. I mean, like, the, the amount of effort and energy he puts into role-play sessions, scripting dialogue, coaching people over and over again, supporting them on emails. Like, he is a phenomenal real estate coach. And we collaborate on that. I mean, there, and there's an, if you're a real estate agent, there's an avenue to collaborate to the Black Swan Group. If you send us an email, info at blackswanltd.com, We'll make sure you get connected to the community that we coach. And, you know, like he's got, he's in LA. He's got people that are selling, selling 30, 40, $50 million houses. They're, they're huge volume. They make a lot of money and they never got full fee till he started coaching mm -hmm. because they didn't think they could. And they didn't know how to ask. I mean, he's got some phenomenally successful people. But they were, they, they, you know, they want to learn and they, they, in a business 10, 15 years, never got full fee till, till we taught them how to ask simply. And so we do that. And then we have a lot of other, other types of business clients that we're training and coaching and same method, uh, an email to info at black swan LTD. What are you looking for? We'll connect you up with. Do you need training? Do you need coaching? Do you need a mix of both? If you got a deal right now that's causing you real problems, we'll 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 put you into our coaching. Do you need the training? Yeah. Wherever you are, we'll meet you where you are. Yeah. So on the real estate side, so there's people are always negotiating you know, people are negotiating deals, right? Sales price and terms at the beginning and this price and this amount of time or this price and this amount of time. Uh, people are negotiating repairs along the way. People are negotiating commissions with their clients, right? And the and I loved one of Steve's examples on our last call of when somebody came to him afterward and said, "Hey, can you can you do this for less money?" And his strategy was to call and say, "I'm so sorry that I did such a bad job in this. You know that you that you want some money back. I'm just so sorry that I must have just really blown it. And you must be really upset with me." And I think, I think that's what it was. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You must be so upset with me for how bad I did for you. And they're like, well, no. And it kind of gets that mindset shifting. Like, well, no, you didn't do a bad job. Oh, well, you said you wanted some of the, the commission. But have you, have you had any clients or, or maybe heard through Steve of anyone where there's the brokers negotiating with their agents right now? A lot of like, there's less houses selling right now. And so there's a lot of people saying, I'm going to switch brokerages because this brokerage is going to take 10% instead of 20% or 20% instead of 30% and then vice versa from the broker side and where there's, um, there's just this negotiation now between splits between broker and agent. And then that's a big pitch that recruiters are doing of why ours is different. Money is what everybody says is why our brokerage is different. Has that started to come up yet with the, with this concept as you guys are coaching as the full fee agent stuff? Well, yeah, and every one of these conversations is a negotiation. And anybody that can get into collaboration, like as a real estate agent, it, it really doesn't matter what your split is if you don't close deals. Yep. And if you're wasting your time, 
out there doing a lot of really inefficient behaviors, then you're going to close fewer deals. Now, how do you waste your time? When you're being played for the fool in the game, like the, the number, uh, the amount of time that's spent of real estate agents with potential clients that they're never going to land, ever, ever. Mm -hmm. How do you recognize what those situations are so that you're not wasting your time on them? So whatever your position is, whether you're an agent or whether you're a broker, you're looking for people that can produce a steady flow of money. And it doesn't matter what the terms are if you're producing a steady flow. If you're, if you're a good employee, you deserve every dollar that you can get. If you're a good boss, you want good employees and you're going to pay them because you need them to stick around because they're going to go someplace else if they don't produce. So this is really a two-way relationship about how do we work together best to collaborate over the long term. Now, that sounds great theoretically. One of the tough things about the residential real estate agent business is the attrition rate is high. Yeah. Like there's probably no, are there, you know, there's no barrier to entry. And it's a tough business because you don't get paid if you can't produce. And people come in with dollar signs in their eyes or how do you conduct yourself in a way where you're not being bamboozled by a client who's going to waste a year and a half of your time? I, had a, I was a young lady I knew in Los Angeles about four or five years ago. This guy came to her wanted to buy a $9 million house. And immediately her and her colleagues said, $9 million, man, you make that sell, that could make your year. Well, she worked with him for a year and a half before she finally accepted accepted he was never going to buy one and somebody to talk to when he came to town. Yep. You know, he's had a lot of money, uh, like looking at houses, like thinking about buying houses. I mean, she showed him house after house after house. And he was just there because he wanted companionship when he, when he was in town. Like That person is very easy to spot up front if you know what to look for. You can, you can weed that person out in the first half hour. If you know what to look for, because there's a, a complete profile of demographics, psychographics of that behavior. What happens to your profitability as an agent if you're not wasting time with clients that are never going to buy? You make more money. Yeah. Regardless of the split, the, the, you know, the wasting time on the split doesn't, like you said, the, the split doesn't matter if you're only doing one or two deals. And the, and if you're able to find those other ways to do business, to do better business instead, or even for, for brokers that are managing agents, I've heard, um, you know, one of the guys that I interviewed, he said he was growing so much, but about once a month, they would essentially fire one of their agents. And I right. said, well, how are you growing if you're getting rid of agents? Like, why would you get rid of an agent? Because if they don't bring you any money or they only do two or three deals a year, you're still making money on them. Right. So why? I, I was so confused by this idea of growing so heavily, but that every month he would let somebody go. And he said, you know, the if I have an agent that's working for me and he's only going to bring in three deals a year and he's not going to do the stuff that we're saying, he goes, I'm I'm pouring my heart and soul into them and I'm coaching them and I'm teaching them and spending time with them and they're not doing it. and They're only getting three deals a year He goes, I actually need to let them go. So I could focus that same amount of effort on somebody that is going to do it. So now they are, because that the person that's going to do what I'm saying, they're going to do 10 or 20. And it was it's, it's a similar way of thinking that, that, that you're describing there, because that was the first time that I was like, oh, you can actually grow more effectively by letting people go. 
because yeah, then you a, get to focus on the right people. It was, it's pretty, it was profound. I heard it then. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a, a understanding what your time is really worth. And then, you know, it's a harsh reality of life. Like if you don't have good habits and I tolerate you, then I really don't value good habits. Uh, it's a core values issue. It's a business structure issue. And I, it's a, it's a great approach. It, it sounds very uh, Darwinian, very draconian, you know, very Machiavellian, however you, however you want to phrase it, but it's really holding people accountable for good habits. Yeah. You know, so the, so what events and things like that do you and Steve have coming up this year? Well, having, having finally got uh, the full fee agent out this, this past November and it continues to sell well. We want to help as many people as we can. So we're probably going to host a, uh, a conference of our own in the fall. It'll be probably September. We're probably going to have it here in Las Vegas. Yeah. And if you're subscribing to our negotiation newsletter, you'll get notifications on it. We'll let people know well in advance of when we're going to hold it. And it's really about helping people get better and giving them the most understandable tools we can. One of the things that I love about our methodology is it's based on the idea that it's got to be usable. It's got to be easy to understand. And if, if you can't understand it and implement it and use it, then it's not going to do you any good. And then if it's easily understood, you can implement it and you can find out for yourself how well it works. Yeah. You know, so the, so I've read never split the difference. I've ordered full fee agent. What's the best way for people to be able to practice some of that stuff or, or, or learning? Is it, is it with a, is it by rereading some of the books or is it just through one of your groups? Cause I think about like you, even as you're just reteaching me and recoach, like the question of go, Oh, you must have a, you must have a great reason for that. Yeah. Right. Like the, like, so some of that stuff, I'm sure the more you practice it, the easier it gets. Any advice out there for people that are like, I want to become an expert negotiator, but like how they didn't realize they said why, or they didn't realize exactly. they said what that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, small stakes practice for high stakes results. Negotiation. Uh, Jim Camp wrote a book in 2002 called start with no. And he used to say negotiation is a human performance event. He compared it to a sporting event. How do athletes get better? I mean, you know, they practice each day. They do the little things in practice. You can start doing the negotiation skills, the labels, the questions with everybody you interact with, with the Starbucks employee, with a person behind a counter at the grocery store, at the drugstore. Like we encourage people to use labels and mirrors and communication tools to understand the other side and make people feel heard every single day in little ways. Because you're in a big negotiation, you're not going to use something you haven't been practicing. You don't want to practice in a big negotiation. So we say everything in life is a negotiation, potential collaboration. Use the skills every day. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that turning every every conversation into a collaboration into a negotiation trying to remind yourself of of it's like removing why complete even as a parent i really need to remove why from my vocabulary and we've started to learn that that the that as soon as you say like why did you do something to our kids we're like no that's a it's always this a shame type thing and trying yeah. to get away from that but i could see like just practice i guess by being more aware by learning by practicing maybe letting uh, some people around you the um 
well, Chris, this is, it, it was, it was, it was so much fun and such an honor to get to talk to you. This has been super, super fascinating, uh, for me to get to just reiterate some of the stuff. And I love what you guys are doing to apply, to really help agents apply this to real estate. Um, any other final thoughts? I know you told people how they can they could email you um, if they want to if they want to join that newsletter. Is it the email to join the newsletter and just a- anything else? Are you on social media or anything like that? Yeah, well, the website is blackswanltd.com. Okay, and our best tool for helping you get better is the newsletter, and it's free and it's concise and it's usable. So that'll be one of the first things that comes up is well, you come to the website, blackstoneltd.com, you're going to get an opportunity to sign up for the newsletter. Now, we got a ton of free usable tools on the news, on the website. And so taking a look at the website, take everything we got that we give away. Raise your skill level to the point where you're going to want to come to Steve's coaching or you're going to want to come to our, one of our in-person events. Start pulling yourself together in small ways now, tiny little ways, and you'd be surprised at how fast it accumulates. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now, blackswanlte.com. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in there. The There's how to get started. There's the downloads for the newsletter. There's different events you guys are doing um, out there. So cool. So listeners, you heard him. Go check it out on there. You can shoot him an email, and he'll figure out a place to get you if you want to get involved with any of their coaching ahead of time. Chris, thank you again for coming on our show today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. All right, Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully, you guys loved listening to that one, and I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have, and also, we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you like, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there so go give us a review also be sure to go to hybendigital.com if you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you to go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.